0: My mum doesn't really like sport, Uh, not really her thing, and yet in 1966, my mum was at the World Football Cup final at Wembley when England beat Germany 4-2, which is quite unusual. I I believe she was um, dating a policeman at the time who had some tickets, and so she ended up up there and... um, And forever she will be able to say, um, I was there when. Uh, Maybe she's one of what, 80,000 people, something like that, in the whole world who can say, I was there when, when England won the World Cup. I was there when. And that's kind of cool. My mum's not that cool, but that's kind of cool. Um, and I've been pondering this sort of thing last a little while, but being able to say I was there is not the same as being able to say I, I was in the team, I was on the pitch and so you should always be able to say I was there when it happens. I was there, I saw the drama, I was there, I kind of knew when to cheer and all that sort of stuff. It, I was there when it happened, but that's, it's not the same. She won't be able to say, I, uh, I was in the game. I played a part on the pitch. I had a role to play. She, so I was, I was there, I was an observer. I got to observe, I got to see it happen. And I was thinking about that and I, I just was thinking, well... We have a choice, really, as, as Christians, as church. We uh, we can either be the crowd, or we can be the players. You can be the crowd, or you can be the players. And and kind of that your fault, is not But don't mark. No one's judging you, Mark. It's okay. Um, all this talk about a season, seasons of revival about genuine revival, whatever that really looks like, but whatever it is, it's crazy things that are way beyond what we've seen before. Uh, And either you can, uh, as that season kind of works out and comes upon us, you can be the crowd who watches, or you can be the player who plays. And if you're the crowd who watches, you'll always be able to say when revival happens, I was there when... I was there when people got healed. I was there when people were running down the aisles to get saved. I was there when a community was changed because the presence of God came. Inside. I was there when it happened. But that's not the same as being able to say, I played my part. I was part of the team. I stepped out. God used me as I looked to be obedient and looked to respond. And... Um, I was thinking, you know, in the end we get the choice. We're either people who be passive or we're people who pursue. There have been some great moments in church life. There's been some great moments in church history. There's been some great moments, you know, my mother was there when England won the World Cup. I was there when. But actually she didn't take any part in it other than she was present when it happened. And it would be easy for us and for some of us to, to be present As revival happens and not take any part in seeing it happen or we can be players or we can be the team or God can and will use you to see people saved to see people healed and to see your streets changed and to see families changed and to see neighborhoods changed and so you can be in the crowd or you can be a player And the choice kind of is ours. And I think, if I'm honest, we're a bit used to being the crowd. We enjoy being present when things happen. But there's a cost to being on the team. We tend towards the passive rather than pursuing. We live very much also often, and I'm speaking for myself here, in a settled place quite like where I am, I quite like how life looks, kind of works for me, I get my dose of church and I get my dose of Jesus and it fits in beautifully with the rest of my life, it's nice, it's passive. But I think the call is for us to play, to be players in the team, to be players who get to see revival worked out. I was just thinking about that, I've been thinking about it for two or three weeks really, but but we're about to start a new series about revival culture and looking through what some things look like in revival culture. And to be honest, I don't know that we're preaching from experience because this is new for most of us. If we're going to really run after it, I'm going to have to shake off my passivity and I am passively passive. And So I, I, I'm settled and if I, if I don't want to be like that, I, I have to make a choice, I'm going to shake that off. I don't want to be in the crowd watching, I want to play my part in the That's my challenge, but really that's all of our challenge, I think. And, and So that's kind of where we're going. And I just put that out there, I guess, as a challenge. Um, just, there's, there's a choice that we have to make and it's a choice that we make individually, it's not a choice that corporately we just make together. Actually, personally, there's a choice to, there's a cost to stepping into the things we're being called to. There's a a cost to play our part in the game. There's a cost to be willing to leave maybe what are settled lives behind. Actually, no, whatever you want, even if it makes a mess of my life, even if it means I've got to change some stuff around, what I want more than anything is what you want, not what I want. And, and we need help to move into that place because I don't know that it always comes naturally to us. And so that's kind of partly where we're going in this series, but it's just partly where we're going to church anyway. This week of prayer, there's multiple opportunities for you to play your part. Um, you know that comes with a cost. Maybe it means getting up early, maybe it means going through the night. maybe it means filling in the sheet and saying, "I'll pay for this hour and this hour and this hour." maybe it means committing yourself to some things and playing your part in that. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we 're going to spend some time asking the Holy Spirit to give us a greater a more intimate revelation of God as our good father because one of the things that happens as kind of revival comes and things like that and, and we get a, a greater awareness of God and more of the Holy Spirit at work within us and learning about him is we get a greater understanding of who God our Father is. So that's where we're starting today. And this is kind of crazy because God our Father is a massive subject which I've got no chance of cramming in in 25 minutes. So it's going to focus on one or two areas. But, but there is a there is a desire of God that you would know him more and more and more and more and more every day as a good, good father. And I know quite a lot of that sort of stuff, so I'm quite settled where I am. I'm like, yeah, I know this. This is all right. I know the Bible behind it. I've experienced it over time. I know this. I'm in a good place in this. It doesn't really apply to me. As though somehow God hasn't got more to reveal to me, more to reveal to us about who he is and about how he loves us and his fatherhood towards us and so that is where we're going to go today and so I'm going to invite you to stand and then I'm going to pray in fact before I pray I, 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 just, I just need you to do something for me Because I, I just need you to talk to a few people around you and I just need you to say to them I want to know what God's got for me today. And that might sound silly, but you sit back and now it's a preach, and oh yeah, that was that was nice. No, no, no. I want whatever He's got for me today, I want it today. It'd be different for different ones of us, but whatever it is today, I want it. And so just tell the people around you. Tell it like you mean it. All right. Let's just take a moment to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Holy Spirit, help us this morning. Help us this morning as we look at your words. Open our ears, Holy Spirit. Open our hearts, open our minds. We need your help. And praise God, it says in my Bible, Holy Spirit, you have been sent to help us. We have sent to be our helper. And so with that in mind, we ask and invite you to give us a real, beautiful, greater, and more intimate encounter with God as our wonderful, loving and good Father. We invite you to transform us today and make us more like Jesus. And we say, don't let us leave the same, Holy Spirit. We don't just want to come to church because that's what we do. We want to come and be church and encounter you and continue to grow in our relationship with you. And so we just shake off anything that's passive and anything that's going through the motions and just say, Holy Spirit, come. Help us and have your way over these next few minutes, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's take a seat. Um, As I said, this is a huge subject that I can't cover all of it, but we're going to start in John chapter 1, verse 9. John chapter 1 and verse 9. It'll be on the screen, but if you've got a Bible, I want to turn to it. John chapter 1 and verse 9. This is the start of John's gospel, and it's talking about Jesus it says the one who is the true light Jesus who gives light to everyone was coming into the world he came into the very world he created but the world didn't recognise him he came to his own people and even they rejected him but to all who believed him and accepted him he gave the right to become children of God they are not reborn not with a they are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. All who believed him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Now, this is different for each of us, but take a moment to call to mind uh, that time when you asked Jesus into your heart. I mean, maybe for many of us it was a long time ago. Nearly 40 years for me. Maybe it was this year. Maybe it was very dramatic, or maybe it was very gentle. Call to your mind, when, when was it for you? That moment when you said, Jesus, come into my heart. That moment when life arrived, that moment when he switched the lights on, that moment when everything changed. When was it for you? We took time this morning and went round. We'd each tell a different story, different circumstances, different ways, different times. When was it for you that he came into your life and everything changed? At that moment when you welcomed him into your heart, the Bible says you became a child of God. That say you became a church goer. That say you started following a religion. It says you became, at that moment, a child of God, a son or a daughter in the family of God. You came into a relationship. You came into family. From that moment on, you now have a heavenly father, a dad who is all powerful, loving, good, awesome and glorious. Think about that for a moment. That moment you you stepped into that place, that moment you received him, you became a child with a loving, good, glorious, powerful, mighty, wonderful heavenly father. That's what happened at that moment. That moment when God welcomed you into his arms with utter Unconditional love and joy, and said, You're mine, and I'll never leave you. What he said at that moment, it may have been different words, different ways, different experiences, different times, but he said over you, You are mine, you are my child's, I'm your father, and I will never leave you. And we often use that in the corporate, God our father, that's true, but actually, God your father. Because sometimes we're very easy and happy to lose ourselves in the big. No, no, that moment, put your name in. God, your father said, you're mine. You're mine. That was a great life-defining moment for us. And if you haven't taken that step today, I'm going to give you the opportunity at the end to do that. But this moment was never meant to be just an event in our lives that we remember. Like something we celebrate, like a birthday. Oh yeah, I remember when that happened. And every year on the anniversary, I remember it again. And wasn't that a great moment? Rather, we've been brought into an ongoing, deepening, joyful intimate relationship with God as our Father from which we find our identity and our security and our joy and our love and our peace and our rest and our hope and our affirmation and our value and our guidance and our comfort and our strength and our provision and our love again and our purpose and more from this place of relationship the amount of things we find about who we are is just massive, covers our whole life. Now we have to recognise that we live in kind of a slightly unpleasant and broken world and the reality is for many in the world and maybe for many of us here, when we use the word father or use the word dad, that's a loaded word because we're all carrying our own personal history into that word and that completely gets in the way sometimes of how we're able to know God as our good and our perfect father. We live in a world of increasing family breakdown, we live in a world where the idea of father and a dad is, is so broken and warped in many ways. It might be true for some of us in our own personal experiences, it will certainly be true for many many people we're going to encounter in our day to day, different experiences of fathers and dads. For many, a dad is someone who was absent or unknown. Maybe someone who was violent or passive, strict and unloving and uncaring. Maybe when the word dad comes up, you think it's someone who made me and mum cry. Or some it be someone who rejected me. Maybe someone who was a cheater or someone who left or someone who let you down. Someone who didn't or couldn't provide, someone who didn't or couldn't protect. Maybe someone who didn't set boundaries, someone who disciplined badly and disciplined wrongly. Maybe it was someone who didn't encourage or someone whose love was conditional and had to be earned by your performance. Or someone who was remote and distant. Maybe for many of us, maybe we had great dads. You know, my dad, he did okay. I mean, he's still alive, he's still doing okay. Um, My dad did well. My dad was a great dad in many, many ways. But he wasn't perfect. He got things right and he got things wrong. He made mistakes that I remember. And so when we talk about God as our father and as your father, we have to understand that this idea comes loaded with our personal experiences, both good and bad. It can't not when we start to use that word. So how are we able to overcome those experiences, maybe for some of us our hurts and pain, our suspicions and mistrusts and disappointments, an encounter of a different father? A better dad than our earthly dad could ever be, no matter how good he is. Romans 8 gives us what is an awesome, real, and encouraging way forward. Romans 8, verses 14 to 17, says this. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. But his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we were to share his glory, we must also share his sufferings. This tells us that through the Holy Spirit in us, we are able to know God as our good and perfect father. This is massively important because otherwise we're just left seeing God through our personal history and our own understanding and encounters as a father in the natural. We're left knowing about God my father rather than knowing God as father. I'll give you an example of this. My Favourite preacher in the whole world, as you may know, and I may have said occasionally, is a man called Matt Chandler. Now, I've always felt in a different life, he and I could be friends. Um, and I know about Matt Chandler, I know a lot about Matt Chandler. I know the fact that he and I are the same age. I know he grew up in a military family that moved around a lot. I know that he had a dramatic conversion uh, as the person who was next to him on the school football team talked to him about Jesus. Know that he uh, took over a small church in Dallas of less than 200 that he didn't really want to take over, but the Holy Spirit kind of made him do it. Uh, And that church grew into a church of something like 14 or 15,000 over not many years, over different sites. I've read his books. I know he's married. He's got three children. Uh, I know about 10 years ago he uh, had collapsed and was diagnosed with a cancerous brain tumour that uh, he really wasn't necessarily expected to recover from and made a, a recovery and documented all the going through chemotherapy and all that sort of thing. Uh, I've listened to lots of his sermons. Uh, I, 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 I've even been in the room uh, on two occasions when Matt Chandler was there. I've been about 20 feet from him in the flesh. Okay? I know about Matt Chandler, but listen to me. I don't know Matt Chandler. I know loads of things about Matt Chandler. I could tell you all sorts of things about Matt Chandler, but I don't know Matt Chandler. I've never talked to him and I've never met him, but I know a lot about him. But listen, in the same way, I don't want to know about God as a good father. I want to know him as my good father. That's not the same thing. So often we know about God. I could tell you all about him. I could tell you all about his attributes. I could tell you about God as a father. That isn't the same as knowing him as father. It's a different thing entirely. See, if I'm left knowing about him, but living in my own strength and according to my own history and experiences, that's no good for me. I don't need to know about God as father. I need to know him as father. That's what changes my life. And it is amazing to me, because I've been in church for a long, long time, all my life. It is amazing to me still how many Christians constantly struggle with their identity in God. It's amazing how many struggle to believe that God is good, and that they have a father who loves them unconditionally. How many Christians live as though they have to earn his love and earn his approval through being good enough. And that his blessing is some sort of payment for our good deeds. It amazes me how many Christians live that way. That God is someone, as a father, who has to be won over, or placated, or satisfied by our behavior, or by how we do. And yet, a passage in Romans we just read says, We're not got the spirit of fearful slaves. So somehow he's a master who has to be satisfied before he'll pay me what I'm owed. But rather we're sons and daughters who get to know the unconditional love of a father. And if you're honest and look at your life, which way do you lean? Is God someone in your life who kind of has to be won over and placated by your behaviour? Am I doing good enough? Have I done well enough? Am I ticking the boxes? If I do all the right things, then he'll bless me because it's some sort of payment for me doing well. Or are you walking in the joy and freedom of knowing I've got a father in heaven who loves me all the time, whose hand is towards me all the time, whose passion is for me all the time, Not something to be earned, but something that he freely gives to me again and again and again every single day. Because those two things produce two very different walks on the Christian life. One is a walk of fear that binds us, that holds us back from trying and feeling free to pursue God. Because what if I get it wrong? And one is something that frees us to run after him with our whole heart knowing that get it right or get it wrong, what I have is someone who's going to welcome me into his arms every single time. God is your father. God, your father loves you with his whole being. God, your father brought you into his family so he could be your dad at great personal cost because he loves you. God, your father is not put off by your sin And your failure. If you don't believe that, uh, turn to Luke chapter 15. If you've got a Bible, like genuinely turn to Luke chapter 15, verse 11. I mean, this is like one of the well-known stories, of church life, the prodigal son. I was going to read it to you. Luke 15, verse 11, this is Jesus speaking. He says to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story, a man had two sons. And the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Just to help you understand here, really what the son said to the father there is, "Uh, I wish you were dead. I want my inheritance that I would get when you die. I want it now. And really what he's saying to his dad is, I wish you were dead because I want what's coming to me now. Give it to me now. That's what he's kind of said to his dad. A few days later, this young son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded the local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. So he returned home to his father, and whilst he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, and filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. Let me tell you, in this culture, and in this Middle Eastern culture, the father in the family, the patriarch in the family, he doesn't run anywhere. Everybody runs after him. He never runs anywhere. It isn't what happens. See, we, to understand what's happening here is the one who should never run hitches up his robes and runs to his son, breaking every cultural convention that should happen. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both you and he- heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and Put it on him, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we 've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead, and now' has returned to life. He was lost, but now he 's found, so the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working, and when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and asked one of the servants what was going on. your brother 's back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf, and we are all celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed with me and everything I have is yours, but we had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. A sinful, failed son who looked to return as a servant embraced back into the family as a child. Going back, I'm not worthy to be a son. Make me a slave in your household, please. And a father who says, no, no, bring out everything. We're going to celebrate my son has returned. Not because of anything he's done and not because he's worthy and not because he's made it up to me, but because he's my child. And I love him. And I know that there'll be some here today, maybe many, who need to return to the Father and know that loving embrace once again. Maybe your Father is passionate for you, God your Father is passionate for you to know him and know him with growing intimacy, not just know stuff about him, not just know Bible verses, but know him in an ongoing, deepening relationship that changes your life and makes you understand who you are in him. It changes your living accordingly. The God of the universe is a good father who has made it possible through his son Jesus for all of us, for each of us to know him in real, personal and intimate ways. God wants you to know him. Like In the Old Testament, like this is God, and he's a big God, and he's a slightly scary God, and he's Lord of all, and he's the creator of the universe. And people have to do things to even get close to his presence, and sacrifice animals and take sandals off. And even then, they can't get that close to him because of the barrier of sin. But in the New Testament, Jesus comes. And Jesus takes away sin and takes away that barrier. And the God who is this big God and this mighty God and this wonderful God also becomes God your Father. As through Jesus you come into the family And it's almost impossible to comprehend that the God at the beginning who creates the heavens and the earth just by his word and who rules and reigns over all things and all eternity in ways that we can never understand gets revealed to us as God our Father who each of us personally can know intimately, one-on-one. How crazy is it that God is this and yet he's also this? That is is this all powerful God who we can't quite comprehend in any sort of way. And that the same way, he is by name your Father. And you have been brought close through Jesus. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you with his own children. And now we call him Abba Father. For his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit leads us to a different sort of father to what we know in the natural. As we welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives every day, as we learn to walk with him and learn to be obedient to him, we have an ever-deepening, ever-greater revelation, an ever-more intimate relationship with God our Father, which impacts daily how we live. From a place of a grown relationship with a good and perfect Father, we begin to find Our identity, security, joy, love, peace, rest, hope, affirmation, value, guidance, comfort, strength, provision, love again, purpose that utterly transforms how we live our lives. And as that happens, what we are is we are living witnesses to a broken and often fatherless world that needs its dad. The world we live in. So broken. I mean, that's not a revelation to any of us. Look around and see the brokenness and the pain and the horror. A world convulsing and crying out in pain. That desperately needs to know its dad. Not know about its dad. The world doesn't need to know about God, the world needs to know him in the same way that you and I get to know him. A good father who utterly changes and transforms everything. It turns out this world we live in, our friends, our families, our town and beyond, they know, a lot of, they know about a lot of things and none of it seems to work. It's time they got to know him. And how are they going to get to know him? Well, one of the ways is going to be because we know him. And we get to be living witnesses to a world that's crying out for that to come, kind of make everything better. And so, what are we going to do? We just need to say, oh, "I still want to know you more. Still want to know you more." As my dad, as my father, I still want to know you more. It's not complicated really, I guess. It's really, there's a choice for us to say yeah. Even if you know him really well. I mean, maybe it's been 70 years, I don't know. Um, God's bigger than your 70 years. There's still more of him he wants to show you. There's still more of him he wants to give to you. Maybe you settled, or maybe for you, God's just someone you view from afar because you don't feel worthy to come close. Your father, he loves you and he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. Maybe even here you're here today and you're a dad and you find being a dad really hard work. And uh, I'm assuming that doesn't go away when the kids leave home. My dad said it doesn't. Um, And actually, one of the ways that I know I can be a better dad for my kids is if I know my heavenly dad really well. Because from that place, I get to see how I can love them really well. So there are multiple ways we might need or want to respond. Maybe, Maybe you just never met God at all, or maybe you're here today and thinking, I don't really know this God can know him today because he wants you to know him. and he's made it possible for you to know him he's made a way that you can know the god of the universe not just big god of the universe but know him personally as a dad and so i'm going to ask you to stand if you're able And I'm simply going to say this because I started right at the beginning by kind of saying, well, you know, in the end, we are amazingly passive and I need to learn to be somebody who pursues. And it would be very easy for me to say, just stay there in your seats while I pray, but actually I'm going to say to you I want you to do something because we need to shake off passivity. We need to actually take some steps. And So really this is for everybody, but you need to make your own choice on it. In any sense, if you either don't know him as God as Father, or you need to know him more as Father, or maybe just past experiences are in the way, maybe you hold unforgiveness towards your own dad for things that have happened that you need to forgive him for, maybe you just want to know him more as your dad, maybe you just need to return to him and rather than come as a servant and a slave, come as a son and a daughter in multiple things, because we're all different people. Um, Whatever it is, I'm just going to ask you to take some steps forward and just come to the front here, and I'm going to pray. And the reason I'm going to do that is because we've got to shake off some sort of passivity. There's got to be something in us that says, I want to respond and pursue him. And so I'm not going to give you long because I'm aware the children's workers are into added time. And I'm going to just pray for us, and you can do your own business with him. And at the end, if you want someone to particularly pray for you, something, just grab me or grab Richard or someone, and we'll really do that for you. But Lord, we just want to say, we want, we want to take steps forward to you. You are a God who reaches out to us as a good, loving Father. I mean, there is no hint of badness in you. There is no hint of wrong in you. There is no hint of faithlessness in you. You are good, all the time in ways that we cannot understand and right now we just simply say in all sorts of ways from all sorts of places we want to know you more as a good good father we want to know your embrace we want to know your love we want to know your passion for us and your desire for us we want to know the security that comes from having a good father who never lets us go and never lets us down and never leaves us. We want to know our identity as sons and daughters of the God Most High, who is perfect in every way. We know what I want to know what it is to be. The Bible says, "Joint heirs with Jesus." Somehow, in a crazy way, the things you give Jesus are the things you're also going to give us because we're part of the family. And so, Holy Spirit, I just I just want to pray. Um, we can't make this in ourselves just Holy Spirit as we step forward now would you come would you come Holy Spirit and we just ask would you come and give us a greater revelation of God our Father and not just this day and not just this moment but all this week every single day would you be calling to mind would you be coming to us showing us again how he loves us And how he doesn't leave us and how he cares and how we can rely on him in ways that just in the natural it's not true. But in you it's completely true. I just pray and I pray just would you lift anywhere where there's barriers. Whether that be sin in our lives that makes us think no I can't come close. And you're crying out to us no come close. Come close a way has been made. There is no barrier come close and know me. As a loving father, there's nothing you've done that puts me off you. There's no sin you've done that I'd reject you for. Come close. You are welcome. Because you're in Jesus, you are worthy and you're my child. And for those here who are hobbled, I guess, by just experiences of maybe their own dads, maybe areas where there's still forgiveness to happen, I pray, Lord, now, Holy Spirit, would you just come and bring healing? you come bring healing would you come and show how you are better in every way than even the best earthly father you are more in every way than even the best and so Lord we just come and we just bring all our experiences to you good and bad and lay them at your feet and say would you show us yourself and so we just receive you now And just invite you afresh into our hearts and into our minds. Say, have your way. And stir us as we respond now to not be the crowd that watches on, but to be the players in the game who get to play their part in your great and wonderful unfolding plan for your glory. Amen. Amen. We're going to close there. If you want particular prayer, do just please ask. Um, Please go and get your children if you need to go and get your children. Uh, If you want prayer and you've got children, come and tell us and we'll sort something out for you. Uh, Be blessed this week uh, and play your part, I pray.